Pinna. Welcome to Podcasters U. Hi, Pinna Podcasters. In this episode, we're going to get into informational podcasts. These are shows that can teach you about different topics. And joining me today is Zoe Marco, co host of Searching for Wild Thing. Hi, Jeremy. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on this episode because you've actually been on two Pinna shows that we'll talk about later. That's right. Besides being the co host of Searching for Wild Thing, I appeared on the first season of the totally unauthorized Minecraft fan show. That's great. You're the perfect person to talk about what an info show can be. So, Zoe, since you're the expert here, maybe you can help explain what makes something an informational podcast. Sure. An informational podcast describes any show that dives deep into learning about a topic or topics. So, for some info podcasts, the whole show could just be about one topic. And for others, each episode might be a different topic. Exactly. To give you an example, the podcast Job Squad is about learning what happens in different professions. Each episode then focuses on a different job. Have you ever wondered what it's like to make ice cream? We have. I'm Sean. And I'm Shania. And this is Job Squad, where we get to go behind the scenes of different jobs and ask, what is your job? And what do you do all day? How do you come up with flavors? And how do you even make ice cream? That sounds interesting and tasty. There's also the podcast Anytime Art. On that show, the host, Sasha, guides listeners through different art projects. We're going to transform this flat piece of paper into five three-dimensional sculptures. I'll describe what I'm doing, and you'll follow along. Remember, today is an exercise, so it's our chance to try a lot of different techniques. Perfection is not important. I really like that as an example of an info show because it teaches you how to do something. Actually, you know something about this, having been a kid reporter on Time for Kids Explains. A news podcast is such a clear example of providing information in every episode. Totally. But info shows don't just have to teach you about a topic. They can actually get you participating in the topic also. Which brings us back to the totally unauthorized Minecraft fan show, which we heard about in our last episode. It's not just an interview podcast. Right. Listeners can learn a ton about Minecraft. As fans of the game, we got to be the experts on the podcast and talk about how we play the game. So basically, you can make a bed, and how you do that is with wool and wood. Like most things in Minecraft, you need to know the recipe to craft a bed. So you need three pieces of just plain white wool. If you want to dye it with flowers, you can do that. Just three pieces and three pieces of wood. A bed in Minecraft is more than just comfortable. When you're inside a house and you sleep in a bed, the night passes in a second. A bed has another important purpose, too. So you don't have to start from the beginning when you die. Sleeping in a bed sets a new spawn point. I love that. Kids teaching kids how to play. So, Zoe, earlier we mentioned Searching for Wild Thing, which you co-hosted with Aster Berkey. That's an info podcast, right? Yes, that show is a great example of an info podcast that focuses on only one topic, Bigfoot. It was based on an adult podcast called Wild Thing, and we got to work with the original creator, Laura Krantz. You interviewed Laura for us so that we could all learn more about how she approached making that show. I sure did. She has a lot of insight that will help our listeners learn more about info shows. Hi, Laura. Great to see you again. Good to hear you again, Zoe. As a journalist and producer, what made you start digging into the story of Bigfoot? 
So when I lived in Washington, D.C., I was flipping through the paper there, and there was this article about a guy named Grover Krantz. And first of all, I was like, whoa, same last name. And then second, I started reading about him, and he just sounded like such an interesting and weird guy. First, he donated his bones to the Smithsonian and the bones of his dogs. And then there was a paragraph in there that talked about how he went around the Pacific Northwest looking for Sasquatch with a spotlight and a rifle. And he was a scientist. So how can you be a scientist and also think Bigfoot's real? And so then I started to wonder, well, maybe there's more to Bigfoot than we originally thought. And that's really what got me started on it. That's such a coincidence. You both have the same last name. What was your research process like? Well, first off, I asked my grandfather if we were related. And it turns out that I was related to this guy in Grover Krantz. He was my grandfather's cousin. They used to go to family picnics together. So that was, you know, right there. I was like, well, he's he's family. I have to look into this. And then... The process really was sort of trying to figure out who had known him and who could tell me about him because he had already passed away. And I found out that his fourth wife, Diane, was living about 30 minutes from me in the Denver area. And so I went down to talk to her and she put me in touch with other people who had known him. And then I reached out to people that he had known from his days teaching at the university. And that's really kind of how it all got started. Some would say that there's both fact and fiction in a podcast about Bigfoot, depending on if you're a believer or not. What are some of the things that you wanted to make sure that your audience learned? Well, I think that, you know, that's definitely true that there's both fact and fiction. And I think what I really wanted to focus on was, let's look at the facts. Let's look at what information we have about Bigfoot so we can determine whether or not Bigfoot might actually exist. So that was looking at things like evolutionary biology. It was looking at the kinds of evidence that people said they had for Bigfoot. It was also... Talking to people about their experiences, you know, they'd seen Bigfoot or they'd run into it somewhere in the woods somewhere. What was one of your more interesting eyewitness accounts? Well, I would say that probably the most interesting one came from a guy named John Mayanzinski. He was out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. And that night he went to sleep in his tent and he had this moment where this thing like came and like pressed into the side of his tent. I could hear it breathing before I heard anything else. And it got close enough to cast shadow, and it was a rising moon that was almost full. The shadow was of something like a bear, and I thought it had to be a bear. You could see hair, tufts of hair in the, in the silhouette on the tent. And the thing, like, scampered away. And then it came back again, and it pressed its nose into the side of his tent, and he hit it again, and it scampered away. And then it came back a third time, and this time it was over the top of his tent. This shadow came over the top of the tent, and it was a silhouette of a hand that was about twice the width of mine with an opposed thumb and hair between the fingers. He saw this big, huge, hairy hand, and it, like, kind of crushed the tent around him, and he crawled out, and he went to sit by the fire, and he never knew for sure what the creature was, but he thinks it might have been Bigfoot. Wow, definitely not your typical night out in the woods. On the Searching for Wild Thing podcast, it was great for us to have Mr. T as a scientist that we could talk to regarding any evidence. How do you think about using experts on your podcasts? Uh, I think experts are extremely important because I am definitely not an expert. So I want to go to people who have good information about the topics that I'm exploring and get their expertise on it so that they can weigh in and give me information that is valuable and useful and based in fact and science. So 
I talk to evolutionary biologists, I talk to anthropologists, I talk to psychologists who could sort of help us understand why we're fascinated by these kinds of stories. And all of that, I think, helps make the podcast a, a stronger product. How did you decide to organize the podcast into different episodes? So that came about, uh, that was sort of experimental because I knew I wanted to do multiple episodes, but I didn't quite know how I wanted to frame it. But then I thought, okay, well, the first question is, is what do we know about Bigfoot? And so the next question would be, if it's a flesh and blood creature, where does it fit on the evolutionary uh, scale? Where is it in our, our family tree? So that sort of became the genesis for the second episode. We think we know where it might fit in with us. What kind of evidence do we have? And so that became the third episode. So it was really all the questions that I had personally became the topic for each individual episode. That's a pretty smart tactic. What was the process like in turning it into a podcast for kids? Uh, that was interesting because when I had originally done the podcast, it was aimed specifically, it wasn't aimed specifically at adults, but I hadn't really considered kids as being an audience for it. But then I started to hear from parents who were listening to it with their kids. I heard from teachers who were using parts of it for their classes to teach units on evolutionary biology, to teach units on anthropology and thinking about the scientific method. And I realized that, you know, kids were really interested in this stuff. And so I got to work with you and with Aster and indirectly with Mr. T and kind of take parts of the podcast that were really appealing to kids and pull out some of the different questions that maybe I hadn't asked in the original podcast and then worked with you guys to do interviews and talk about what some of the experts had had to say on this topic. It was so interesting to see what we all learned, but what did you learn in putting your show together? I think the biggest takeaway for me is you know, when I first started thinking about Bigfoot, I thought it was kind of silly. I was like, oh, who could possibly believe in Bigfoot? That's, it's just kind of a big joke. Like, why would you think that there's some sort of giant hairy monster running around the woods somewhere? And then in talking to the people who had had experiences or who were genuinely curious and were out looking, I realized that it's not really significantly different from any other scientific question we ask. Things like, is there life on other planets? Or do trees talk to each other? Like, those are also kind of crazy questions. Uh, I think what it taught me is I need to be kind of open-minded about some of the what we might consider the weirder ideas out there. You can't be so open-minded that your brains fall out, but it's smart and it's, it's good science to be open to ideas and to really think about them. Your later seasons of Wild Thing aren't about Bigfoot. How do you think about new topics to cover in your shows? I like to focus on topics that spark that same sort of curiosity and that also have their roots in history and culture and philosophy and science that can pull on all these different threads and help people understand human nature in addition to understanding more about the topic itself. So the second season was about the search for extraterrestrial life, which in some ways is like the search for Bigfoot because we don't really have proof that extraterrestrial life is out there but people keep looking. So why is that? What are they looking for? What kinds of science are people doing to try and make these kinds of discoveries? The way I th I, I'm looking in at this is like, what makes me curious and what are a lot of other people curious about and how do I find where that overlaps? And so far it's been pretty successful. Do you have any advice for kids who want to make an information podcast? 
Um, my advice is, first of all, think about why you would be the good, a good person to tell this story. Like, what is it that, what's your experience or what's your, what's your interest? Why is this, why is this story the right story for you to tell? And then secondly, I think is, you know, be really smart about the experts you pick, because it's pretty easy to go online and be like Bigfoot expert and you'll get all kinds of people. So then how do you narrow it down? How do you think about which expert is going to be a good fit for what you're talking about? What are your goals with your podcast? What kind of information do you want to convey? And that's going to help you figure out who you want to talk to, what kind of information you're going to put into it. And it helps you make sure that you're giving information that's useful to your audience and accurate. That was some great advice. Thank you so, so much, Laura, for joining us for this episode. Yeah, it was fun to be here. Good to hear your voice again, Zoe. Wow, it was great to hear from an expert that has so much passion for what she does. I think that's the key to making a great informational podcast. Make it about something you're genuinely interested in. And like Laura, do great research and see where it takes you and your podcast. Yeah, and for tips on how to do great interviews, you can listen to our previous episode, Art of the Interview. But before you start recording anything, you have to do some planning. And we've created outlines as well as other resources to help you plan out your podcast. Ask a parent or a teacher to visit pinna.fm slash podcastersu for everything you need. That's podcasters plus the letter U. That's also where you can share your podcast with us. We can't wait to hear what you make, and we may even feature your podcast on Pinna. Zoe, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. It was great to hear about your experiences and loved your interview with Laura. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Join me next time when my co-host will be Aiden Watson from Om Nom Noms, and we'll be talking about game shows. Happy podcasting! Looking for more inspiration to create your own podcast? Pinna has tons of exclusive original podcasts to help you get started on your podcasting journey. From fiction to fact-driven and interview-based, to just a fun game to play along to, Pinna's library will be sure to spark your imagination. Head to pinna.fm to create your Pinna full access account to start listening today. That's pinna.fm. Or you can subscribe to one of the Pinna channels right here on Apple Podcasts to get unlimited access to select kids' podcasts.